I never yielded! And as you can see, I am not dead! Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of September 27th, 2020. This is episode 103. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvels, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, 20th Century, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Hey, we'll be back after these messages from our friends and sponsors. Hey Matthew, Jim Hill here. I do the Marvelous Disney Podcast with Aaron Adams over at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. I know, I know, very humble sounding name. Uh, anyway, I really enjoy what you've been doing over on the Disney Marvels Podcast. Uh, but as you probably already noticed, the Marvelous Disney and the Disney Marvels Podcast names are very, very similar. Which is why I imagine I keep getting mail for you. Um, that's actually why I'm calling today. I wanted to know what you'd like me to do with all of these Yankee Candle catalogs. Uh, so uh, please get back to me. Uh, oh, and uh, keep up the great work with the Disney Marvels podcast. Thank you for those kind words, Jim. And make sure to check out Jim Hill on the Marvel Us Disney podcast with Aaron Adams to find out all sorts of wonderful things about Disney, well, Marvel, uh, particularly what's going on with them. And Jim, uh, those catalogs, I'll make sure to give you the forwarding address. And uh, unless if you want to order something, go right ahead. And once again, make sure to check out Marvel Us Disney with Jim Hill and Aaron Adams wherever you find or listen to your podcasts. And now, on with the show. King of my city, king of my country, king of my homeland King of the filthy, king of the fallen, we living again King of the shooters, looters, boosters, and ghettos popping King of the past, present, future, my ancestors watching King of the culture, king of the soldiers, king of the bloodshed King of the wisdom, king of the ocean, king of the respect King of the optimistic and dreamers, they go and get it King of the winners, district, and geniuses we Arguably, one of the biggest movies to come out of 2018 was strangely enough a superhero movie and i use the term superhero in many different ways to describe this movie and i'm talking about none other than marvel's black panther a movie that changed changed the superhero landscape i think forever in a good way and reached across the boundaries of what a superhero movie can do can show can mean to many people and of course if i'm talking about marvel movies i had to bring on one person and that person is king t'challa himself the black panther isaac how are you doing uh well you're always putting me in these very inverse situations <laughs> as introductions uh um, i am happy to be on here but i king is a little bit far which i'm a, i'm the king of my own uh, room at the moment uh, not the most clean room right now, and I do sit on the throne. It's a gamer chair, not the throne that I hope for. But uh, but uh, yeah, that's as far as it goes. To be it's not not the game of, the Game of Thrones uh, throne that you you know that you're striving for with the swords and everything. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I heard that's not comfortable at all. <laughs> I, I can't imagine a, a chair made of swords being any sorts of comfortable. And with the history of the people that sit on that chair, why would you want to? No, exactly. I, I, I agree 100%. Really well. Trust me, my desk is in no is in worse condition than uh, the landscape behind you. <laughs> oh, man. As much as I strive to keep this thing organized, papers keeps on finding its way and planting themselves like weeds that just keep on popping up. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And random <sighs> screwdrivers. You ain't lying. But uh, before we before we dive into the the all important and um, the main feature of, of Black Panther, uh, several things have been happening um, on the landscape of Disney and particularly Marvel. Uh, we've had some news regarding the Black Widow, Shang Chi, and Eternal movies getting new release dates. We've had the WandaVision trailer and uh, just a, a lot of jostling uh, things. Uh, even Black Panther 2, there's, I wouldn't say so much news, but um, murmurs of of stuff with that. So, um, yeah, so the, the movies, let's, let's start with the, the movies. So the, those, um, pretty much everything's got now pushed back. Well, Black Widow and Eternals got pushed back literally almost a year from whenever they were supposed to come out. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi, I can't say I recall what the original release date is, but now that's slated for June of next year. Uh, Natasha Romanoff's Black Widow is May, I believe. So, for March. Where, I, and maybe I can help you clarify this. So, apparently... Yes, please. Austin, so, Black Widow will now, instead of open originally in May of 2020... Uh, its new date is actually, like you said, pushed back from a year in from now, from May 7th of 2021, um, from what I'm reading. I'm reading this from The Verge. Uh, Shang-Chi uh, Shang in The Legend of the Ten Rings also was supposed to be, uh, will be pushed back to July 9th. And in Eternals, um, will will be, uh, was supposed to follow uh, Black Widow, uh, is now moving from February 12th. Um, now to November 5th of 2021. This is from what is reported from The Verge in terms of its uh, staple um, with, with these films and then other, like other films too. Not And now this is not just only other films too that were pushed back, you know. Um, knowing what they owned, um, movies like The West Side Story, and uh, the King's Man, if anybody remembers that, for under Fox label, are also slated to have uh, pushbacks to kind of to fill in the gaps of all their bigger Marvel movies and Pixar movies. Um, now, the only thing I've, I did hear that the only movie I think that's still slated um, to open this year was Soul from Pixar. Soul is that correct? From from uh, I believe it's slated for a November release. November, I think, around the Thanksgiving time. Um, they haven't said anything to the contrary of it. It's still coming out in November. Speculation, I know, is what platform is it coming out in November? Are they sticking with the theater, or are they going to jump back on and do something like they did with Mulan and release it as a premium title to Disney Plus, which... Um, 
the not that they've given any official numbers, but uh, the the numbers that I've seen um, from the speculations and uh, mathematics that people who spend more, a lot more time on this than I do uh, figured out that they did actually fairly well with it. Not as mu- well, obviously, as if you release it on mass in the theaters, but they did pretty well with releasing Mulan um, on a Disney Plus platform, obviously getting some kickback in China, but that was building well before the movie came out. Um, so that that was just kind of a, a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. Um, yeah, but... Uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story was supposed to come out this year to bridge the gap between the Star Wars, when they were going to start the Star Wars Avatar um, alternating schedule. This was going to be the off year for that. And uh, that's when that movie was supposed to come out this year. Next year was going to be the Avatar 2, followed by the next Star Wars movie, whatever that was going to be, and back and forth, so forth. Yeah. yeah, so that that's kind of what's going on in that landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be the first year without a Marvel movie since I think I heard two thousand and nine. Interesting, really. Wow. Yeah, it's been well over ten years. Yeah, we've had a Marvel movie every year. Yeah, yeah, no. Except for now this year, which is which is sad to say, but you know it. it that's a that's a good run. That's more than anybody else is able to do. Yeah, it's a it's a big change of it's a it's a very interesting change of scenery at the moment. You know what we're going through. You know the fact that you know as fans we've always kind of expected a Marvel film to be released in some form of slate um, in the year. Here's a question: Has there been more than uh, three Marvel movies released? There's always usually three Marvel movies released in a year. Correct. Um, it was initially one, of course, when they were first starting things off, and then uh, two became the norm, okay. and then they pushed it to three, and people thought three that's going to saturate the market and be too much, but um, no, it proved out it, it, it still worked. Um, it still worked with three, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, wasn't maybe it was last year, wasn't it Ant Man, Ant Man, Endgame, and then Spider Man? All came out at the same year, separate from each other. I think it was March, then April, then July. If I, if um, I, I could something along that. Uh, Ant Man came out after Infinity War. Yes. Which um, led to Endgame. Right, which led into Endgame, and then. Um, you had Spider-Man Far From Home came out after Endgame. And that was all in the same year. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was all in, all in the same year, or no. Or maybe they were. They still were doing the two. That was just two. Oh. Um, it was, yeah, because Endgame, Endgame was the beginning part of 2019, and Spider-Man was the middle of the year. So, okay. That was like July. I think that was a July release. Um, yes. They did not release another Marvel movie that year because you had uh, Rise of Skywalker come out. So oh, okay. You didn't right. want to self-compete in that aspect. That's, that's um, that, okay. That, I right, thank you for clearing that up. I was 
Well, yeah, we... so there was only two that year. The year before that, you had Black Panther, Infinity War, and then Ant Man, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp come okay. out. That was 2018. That's where I got that wrong. Okay, I I knew Ant Man released it around the same time as two other Marvel films. Yeah. And, okay, so that was the year then. Okay, that that yeah. makes better sense. Let's see if I can really push my memory. Before that, we had Ragnarok. What else? Ragnarok, was it... Is that Homecoming as well that year? I believe so. And then what was the one before that? Ragnarok. Guardians 2? Guardians, yeah, I think Guardians... I don't know. I think Guardians 2 may have been the following. You know what we missed? What? There was three movies um, around Endgame in 2018. Uh, 19. 2019, you had Captain Marvel. Endgame. Yes. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're and right. Homecoming. You're right. Okay, that does make sense. Yes, that's that's. I think that's where I confused the Ant-Man with the March date. Because... Captain Marvel came out in the March date for that film, and then from Captain Marvel went into Endgame, and then from Endgame it went into Homecoming. So yeah, so March, April, May, and then June. So. I like your shirt. <laughs> and as Callan says, he likes your shirt. He likes the Super Mario. Thank you, thank you. So uh, I even have Mario pajamas on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I am not wearing my pajamas. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, he's the only one. He is the only one. Yeah. Uh, All right. Because I, I don't know. <laughs> Many people have debated why football is called a football. Why don't you use your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, so you had Far From Home, Endgame, Captain Marvel, 19, 18 was Ant-Man, Wasp, Infinity War, Black Panther, Yeah. 17, Thor, Homecoming, yep, I was right, Guardians 2. That's what I thought. Uh, 16, there was only two movies, and that was Civil War and Doctor Strange. Okay. And oh. that's, yeah, so... Seven, uh, 20, 2017 is when they started the three movie run. Okay. Well, hopping back onto the topic about, um, you know, the, the fact that these movies got pushed, uh, are, are being pushed back in 2021. Now, I understand, I mean, I really do understand the business situation and why they're doing it right now because you really, you know, even it, granted that movie theaters are available and are open. Um, you know, the fact that they're right now, these movie theaters are running at only 25% to maybe even 50% capacity isn't really going to help out the box office earnings of any of these films where Disney understands and knows that at least a lot of their good films are, are, are bona fide guaranteed billion dollar films. And with that money, you know, that money normally does sit down and trickle down. To other smaller like projects like a Kingsman or the West Side Story or any of the things that they do 
for Disney Plus. Like that money is really important to trickle down to the, all the other important projects that Disney wants to show out uh, to people right now. So um, again, it's I, I don't know. Like, uh, what do you, you uh, to me? I. I, I get it though, but it's a very risky proposition to do where movie theaters are now. You know, we, we don't really know where movie theaters are going to be within the next six months due to this pandemic. I mean, I think we were just sitting there and talking right now. So, only two movies right now that are drawing interest. If you really think about only one movie that's really worth going to the movie theaters, and 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 and, and we won't mention its name. It's 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 done. Although it's done very very well. Um, for In consideration, it's done very very well. It's done very well. It's not making the money that hopefully that company would wish it did make if it were under normal settings. So. it's a very touchy situation. I I mean, what, uh, but I want to throw it back to you. Do you think Disney made the right move to push these movies back into next year instead of maybe let's try to release a couple of these movies now at the end of the year and hopefully try to make some of our money back? Because again, a lot of these movies are on borrowed money right now and the interests are piling up for all of these films that are not being released. Um, Personally, I, I want those movies out sooner than later. I, 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 I'm dying to see the Black Widow movie because I just I love the character and I, I'm interested in to find out more of her backstory. Um, Internals, I've heard a number of interesting things. I'd like to see how that's handled. Shang-Chi, I, I'm, they're still shooting that, so there's no way for that. That was next year anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal feelings aside, looking at it from a... Uh, financial point of view from the business end actually makes perfect sense on what they're doing. Um, like you said, theaters are only allowed to work, run at 25 to 50% capacity and they're not even filling that. So if you can't even get 20% of your normal, I mean, say a theater, you're just taking a random theater. It has a hundred people. Only 20 people are allowed in that theater, socially distanced. And you can't even put the 20 people in that theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why are you going to put something that you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars on to produce that you know that there's a very, very high likelihood that you're not even going to recap most of that money? You're going to have to write it off as a loss um, and then try and recap it on the back end on the Blu ray sales, DVD sales, and digital copy sales and stuff like that. Uh, even merchandising sales um, isn't as big of an income draw as those as those ticket prices. And of course, obviously, you, you do get the the cutbacks that you have to give to the theaters as well. So you know, not one hundred percent goes to the to the uh, studios. Yeah, none of that's happening. Um, so the on the business end for them to push those movies back to next year in hopes that okay we're giving it now seven eight months to try and correct itself a little more than where we're at now we feel that there's a better chance in eight months that we can get a good chunk of cash from black widow than if we were to drop that movie now uh even if we dropped it on disney plus as a premium thing 
we would still we would get money. We're not going to get the boatload of money that we were, you know, anticipating this movie would have gotten pre uh, pre COVID and all of its nastiness. So on a business strategic end, I think it's a smart decision. That also coupled with the fact that you've now lost a year of production of any movie. So you thought it was bad when there was the writer strikes and that, you know, we got welcome to reality TV because you couldn't produce any real shows because there was no one to write the shows. Um, so this is even worse because they couldn't even film. There wasn't any writing, filming, production. You could do some special effects work for the stuff from home, but even that was on a limited basis. Um, some animation stuff was able to still push forward because, again, some of that stuff could be done from home. As far as you know, having actors in front of screens, doing uh, jumps and interacting with people, and none, no movies were really getting produced or, or getting shot um, in this time. So, if they release those movies now, they would have nothing for then. So you're going to see like a dip in movies. Um, so I think that's why a lot of companies are holding on to these things. And it's not just Disney. Uh, Universal's holding on to some movies. Uh, the Jurassic uh, movie that was coming out, uh, Jurassic World three, uh, Minions two, were Fast all getting held. The Furious film was supposed to release around this time. Yeah, got a new Fast and Furious. They were the uh, first. Actually, they were the first to push back before anybody else did to next year. Yeah, the new James Bond movie. Yes. So a lot of that stuff got pushed back early on. Um, and I think we're going to see that it's either some, they just said, never said, um, they're just temporarily holding on to them and they never gave a date. I think in this case, in some of them, they did say they did give a date. I think at this point they're looking at, okay, we have a year of non-production, so we need to fill this gap because this year would have filled into next year. We have nothing for next year. Let's take what we were releasing in 2020, recent 21, and hopefully, Things kind of start rolling organically back into the the movie making machine that we knew, yeah. more or less. Yeah. But as it, you said, what's the future of the theaters? Uh-huh. You know, do theaters survive this? In what form and fashion, and how many? Uh, you know, those are questions that no one has an answer for at the moment. Um, like I said, even at twenty percent, they can't. They're not even filling those theaters for the most part. So it's. It's it's a scary scary ground. Yeah, it's very fragile ground right now, and it kind of really exposes, you know, how this business model. It really kind of just exposes the whole how Hollywood's business model has been for the longest period of time, and it just kind of shows you just how how a a disaster like this can come and and kind of sweep the foundation of everything that was built on, and kind of showed you how not great of a foundation was that it was to begin with, you know. It was already a shaky foundation. It just one bad disaster came and blew it all down. And now you have, like you said, these studios trying to figure out what's the best strategy to for everybody to keep their jobs at this point. You know, from the top down, from the, from the yeah. top way to the top down. So yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting year. Like I said, we have uh, we have what uh, three more three more months left. And when we go into this, and we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see what turns up uh, 
out of it. Yeah. I mean, Disney actually or even earlier in the year announced that uh, Jungle Cruise was getting pushed back to next year. Yes. Jungle that was supposed to be a big summer tentpole as well. Yes. Yep. Uh, which I another one that I was looking forward to. But on the positive news, we're getting WandaVision. Yeah. Yes. We are sure. still getting WandaVision end of this year. Um, the plan was that for that to lead right into Doctor Strange 2. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, now Doctor Strange 2 is probably going to get pushed back into 2022. Um, I think the rumor is either Doctor Strange 2 or Ant-Man 3 is going to fill the topic spot that we actually are going to be talking about. Um, the Black Panther spot uh, that for 2022. Um, we shall see. But either way, WandaVision... Uh, Initial trailer, I just, I loved it. Um, I know some people were confused by it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that's because you still having fully gotten this, the scope of Wanda Maximoff, or a.k.a. the Scarred Witch's powers, um, from mm-hmm. the MCU yet. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, you know, case people, you know, are wondering, well, why is it taking place in like a 1950s sitcom? Uh, yes, it's supposed to intentionally look like Bewitched, Dick Van Dyke Show, and all, all those classic black and white uh, serials. Mm-hmm. Um, because some way or another, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Wanda creates this universe or ends up in this um, alternate dimension. Yeah. Um, and was able to bring vision back and there you know the, this is kind of like her happy life but obviously things aren't going as happily as she planned that i guess maybe, you know she cannot control this universe as much as she thought mm-hmm. um night a few nice nods to the comic books of her being in her uh comic book costume and vision in his comic book uh appearance mm-hmm. and yeah. then the uh Yes, and I love that little line about that. You know, Vision goes up to this woman in the car, and he he puts his hand on her, and she like gasps and wakes up. She goes, "Am I dead?" Like, you know, no. Why would you think that? And just turns to him and says, "You know, just stern, you know, just flat out, because you are." Yeah. And they just cut it there, and it's just like, oh wow, I I, I just I was, cannot wait for this. Was was Kath, uh was Kathleen Hahn. Um, yes. And as as the um, the the ambunctious next door neighbor that's always coming in and and and, and talking uh, with friends though. But no, I totally have to agree. Out of one of the shows, uh, apart from uh, Winter Soldier, uh, apart from Winter Soldier and uh, um, Falcon. Uh, and, and a Falcon, which was honestly was supposed to be the first television mm-hmm. show was supposed to start the launch of the Mar the MCU plus version <laughs> on their Disney streaming service. Unfortunately that unfortunately got pushed back. Now one of the theories that's rolling around is that we may not until Black Panther until I'm sorry, until Black Widow 
makes his appearance next year, that probably will be the same time we will get uh, 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, make its appearance around that same time. Again, this is just rumor. I don't know if that's exactly true, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, But in terms of just the acting that we're going to get from this, you know, the fact that we're getting Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bentley um, back to return to respectful characters, I think is going to be fantastic and interesting. Uh, the fact that they're kind of playing around with uh, the comic books that for any big Marvel fans, X-Men fans out there, the house of M, which was you know, one of the more popular story arcs where, you know, Wanda Maximoff basically kind of creates this world of everybody he wishes that all the humans were gone and all like the, the, the just the mutants remain or the mutants lost half of the power or, or she ends up cre- at the end of the day she she ends up creating this big world for herself out of just mm-hmm. her, uh, the rest and um, and and within that has a relationship with Vision and in in the comic books they have children together which doesn't make any sense so. Um, if they're going to play that element into it, I think that's going to be very, very interesting into it. And, you know, from what we're hearing, though, Kat Dennis playing Darcy is supposed to make her return from the Thor series. Um, like I said, we yes. didn't see Kathleen Hahn as being this obnoxious neighbor, the next-door neighbor, the annoying next-door neighbor that comes down. Uh, Randall Park um, from everybody, you know, from ABC's Fresh Off the Boat, and I believe I think he made an appearance on Crazy Rich Angels, I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, he's going to make an appearance. Uh, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah. Yep, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, correct. Yes, you're right, yes, yeah, thank you, thank you. And then we were supposed to get to our parents, who was supposed to play the older version of Monica Ram from Captain Marvel, because if people also remember from the comic books, she also, I believe, is Captain Marvel herself. So I don't know exactly how that's going she, to be. Yeah, she's a hero. I don't think she's a Captain Marvel, but she is She is another named hero, and I, I forget what the name was off the top of my head. But yeah, uh, there is, there's a lot of things that are going to get tied into it, and it's I'm really looking forward to it. As far as you know, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that yes was supposed to be the original of the MCU releases to Disney Plus on the limited series. Yeah. But uh, as production-wise, this got filmed first, mm-hmm. and they were able to finish it up. Winter Soldier, they had to stop in the middle of production. I think now they are just getting back underway from my understanding that they're able now to start resume um, some limited filming. Um, So that projection that you said of May-ish next year, uh, I could see that being um, valid. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of working out timelines and stuff. Uh, WandaVision, they're saying it's coming soon. My understanding is December. I that's the rumor right now. Um, I think that's the the make date. Would also would make sense because that would lead in from the Mandalorian season two. By that time, that you know that series would be over, and it would lead right into that, which would be perfect uh, for that moment. And to kind of re to retract uh, to to follow up on Monica Rambo's character, she is the second uh, Captain Marvel in the series. She is totally. Uh, it is reported. Yeah. I'm reading it right now. She is, uh, she is the second Captain Marvel. So, okay. so, 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 
so I guess in the television form, we're going to get the second version of that character make her appearance, which I think that's also pretty rad. And how maybe, and I think it's going to be very, and, and you know, I, again, seeing the trailer, um, it, it really does kind of play, it's, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting because it does play with this psychological uh, trauma, you know, um, event. Um, yes. that does incorporate some horror elements, which is going to be very interesting to see how Disney plays into this horror creepy element. Um, how Disney handles horror creepy elements, because like you said, this is hopefully going to transfer into uh, the sequel to Doctor Strange, the multi-universe of madness, which Wanda plays a big role into that leading into. Yeah. So... So it, it's going to, you know, again, this is out of out of the Captain Falcon, and this is my second most anticipated show because looking at that art, it was just so weird. It was just so it's intriguing. It was interesting. It was like, why does it make any sense? Why is Wanda Maximoff jumping from um, from the Dick Van Dyke show to basically um, to all the way up to the '80s, like a step by step or a full house setting? It, it moves through the Twin Peaks, even I would even say like the the one car scene is almost like a Twin Peaks type of thing. Yes, yes, I think it's really funny because I think Wanda, I think in in the synopsis, uh, Wanda Max in her, in her time back in her country watched a lot of those shows back when she was a little kid with her brother uh, Quicksilver. So I think we're going to get that form of her mind of just simply just want to create a new universe. Or here's another spot. Maybe she ends up settling into this neighborhood and ends up taking that neighborhood hostage. Her mind, her mind takes that whole area hostage. So it's just everybody lit that's kind of forced into her nightmare, and it's only growing and getting worse to the point where they may have to introduce outside people like Shield or Thunderbolts or anything like that to try to stop it. You know. I, there's a lot of elements that are being played into it, and as a fan, I am definitely looking forward to it. If my recommended drops this December of 2020. Yeah, I, I um, there's there's so many things that can build into this. And just to clarify, when you say horror, we're not talking slasher film. We are talking psych- psychological horror. Yes. Um, I haven't seen The Shining, but something along that line would be my guess. Where it yeah, almost like Stephen King stuff, which is it's not so much the grotesque; it is the psychological end of things, or even like a Twilight Zone. Yes, uh, Twilight Zone can, can really honestly be brought into that type of uh, genre. Um, so it is, you know, it's the psychological unbalance. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking about Scarlet Witch, which is a tortured character in the MCU. You know, first she loses her family, then she mm-hmm. loses her brother, and then she loses her her beloved. So it is, you know, it, you know, hence why at the end of Endgame, you know, you just see her there enraged in front of Thanos. And I mean, she's basically going to rip him apart and she is powerful enough to rip him apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thanos even recognizes it and sacrifices his troops to take her out. Yeah. So it it's. Uh, it, I think it's going to be something very interesting, um, very special, definitely different. Uh, Marvel now trying to dabble into slightly more other veins 
uh, I don't want to say more adult content, but other other interests beyond just what we knew of the superhero genre. And they've been doing this since almost the get-go, um, <laughs> where each movie had its own kind of uh, element uh, in it. And they just keep pushing the boundaries of you know what, what we know as a quote-unquote superhero movie. Um, you know, it's now just another form of, of movies. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about this. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'll definitely be watching it on day one, day one and a half. Somewhere around there, I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. That, Whatever uh, that day may be. Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree with you, brother. I'm totally looking forward to it. So, but that, so that brings us back to other tortured character. Let's talk about the Black Panther. Yeah, we we um, a few weeks ago, unfortunately, you know, had to talk about the loss of Chadwick Boseman, um, and kind of what he meant to us. Um, I actually just recently saw uh, a chunk of Forty Two, and again, brilliant, just brilliant acting, brilliant film. Um, and uh, but the one that he's now definitely best known for is the the Black Panther, and. Uh, yeah, so I, I found out some interesting things about this movie and you know the process of filming it and uh, and some of the stuff that I figured we'd share with our audience and uh, you know maybe we could do some speculation later on of, of where we think might Marvel may have to decide that they go or what they're you know what might be going on in Kevin Feige's uh, baseball covered head. Yeah. So. You want to start off with uh, any little tidbits of information you're able to draw on from for this movie? You know, other than the information I can draw now, there, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and say no one's going to be able to. Now, when we when we present this list of people that I have in the back of my head, let's uh, let's make it clear nobody's ever going to replace the impact and the power that Chadwick Boseman brought to T'Challa and Black Panther and what this movie has meant to not just the African-American community, but for people all around the world that has been respected. I mean, if you've seen just past tributes of kids uh, making little funerals with their, uh, with their Avengers toys and having T'Challa in the middle, having their own little small funerals and paid respect to them, just shows you the immediate impact that this f- film culturally has spread across the world. Mm-hmm. Across the world. So, in, in that respect, we are not, we understand, and we understand that we, in the mindset of Marvel and Kevin Feige and everybody, and even the cast, and even Ryan Coogler, who's directing, who's worked very close with both uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan and and uh, and, uh, and and Mr. Uh, Mr. Boswin, that I don't think they would ever in mind to redeem that. Um, that being said, I think I think they have to acknowledge. I think that in the sequel, they. I think they have to acknowledge of his passing in some form of way. Either they work that in within the storyline that would make critical sense and to see who would take on the 
the title Black Panther because again we have to understand this is simply a title. These superhero uh, these superheroes are are not. I understand the characters are important, but at the end of the day, there are still titles and they still mm-hmm. get passed on. You know whether whether it will be a captain like your your sons, which you'll see in Falcon Winter Soldier, how Captain America might be passed on, or how Iron Man will get passed on, or potentially how Thor might get passed on from what we're hearing from Love and Thor, um, and even what we might see in WandaVision if there is a new if was Ram's character being the new Captain Marvel in that particular universe. There are titles to these characters, and T'Challa is no different. Um, so I think a lot of uh, a lot of the so I I was looking at lists um, you know one of the more obvious ones that I think people um, played at was the actress that played Sherry. Uh, I was gonna say natural naturally that would be the easiest one to Sherry. to write in. Yes, and uh, I mean there was even part in the comic book and was it she- was part, planned for Black Panther too that she takes over as head of Wakanda. Yes. Not necessarily as the Black Panther character itself, but as, you know, just... Uh, and to step in, that is uh, played by Mrs. Loretta Wright, a British yeah. actress Loretta Wright, who has played Sherry in both Black Panther and in the, and, and both uh, Endgame and, um, and, um, uh, and uh, The War. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, my my throat. I, I got yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. She um and she did you know she did a fantastic job as that character, um playing against um Chadwick Boseman, um his more serious and um I don't want to say stern, but definitely more serious. More rugal. Is that is that a word? I hope that's a word. Rugal. <laughs> Regal. Regal, thank you. Regal, thank you. Demeanor, and and she's to have like the kickback, uh, laid back teenager, uh, just like you know what, I'm gonna, you know, I'm here, I'm having fun with this, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, let's just get along with the formalities. Let's just go on. Let's just go on to something more exciting. I want to, you know, build some new tech and blow things up. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think that would make the interesting transla- uh, transition because of rumors of what the uh, the bad guy that was supposed to appear in the next one would be. Uh, there, there is rumors that's talked about. It could probably the Submariner would make his fi- his actual appearance as in a battle between Earth and Sea. You know, the clash of bringing the Submariner into the marvel universe as probably the potential bad guy to battle against wakanda so you're having a kingdom battle against a kingdom which would make it for an interesting epic clash and then maybe in that story maybe if that's to the way that you want to transfer uh power into the Laredo rights character to surely to be the black panther and to to take on the the next uh, king of wakanda Maybe you can write the story that uh, T'Challa loses his battle with Submariner. That's if that is the title. He loses that battle. So that could be the way that you could address uh, that character's death. And Mm -hmm. then comes maybe a story of 
almost where where Sherry's character has to follow the line of justice and revenge, and how that juggles with her not now not only have to revenge the death of her brother, but now have to step in and rule the kingdom of Wakanda as well, because she is going to be the rightful ruler and step down. So there could be some interesting conflict that you could play around with that character moving forward if you want to go that route. Yeah. I I think that would kind of be the most organic way. Um and then you're not worried about trying to fully replace a character. No. Um and I and I think that's kind of the way that I wish they would go about it. I mean, whatever they choose, I I yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue whatever um they decide is going is the the proper way to go about it. Um you know, the director is coming back to he's he's going to be directing it's the same directing uh ryan cougar yep ryan cougar thank you um they are going to be running the the production again feige's you know of course backing him up with the whatever his decisions were uh you know feige obviously likes cougar's direction and vision for the this franchise um, obviously, because one, they brought him back, and two, just even for the original movie, uh, Cougars come out and saying that Feige did not tamper with the vision and with um, the edits that he put into the film. There, obviously, you know, he had some input, but there was some stuff that they put in saying, "Oh, we're going to record this anyway," but we know Feige's going to cut it out, and he didn't. Feige said, "You know what?" I like that tone. I like that you put that in there, and I want more of it. Yes. Um, and so that was my pitch. That's again, that seems that is, seems to be the more natural selection if they wanted to go and make a sequel. Another one I don't think that makes much of any sense, and then I'm gonna throw one that doesn't make much any sense, but then I can also make an interesting pitch for that too. And then there's another actor that I also want to bring into the. Um, um, so there's two actors. Um, I know that Michael B. Jordan played Killmonger. Everybody knows that, and I think uh, if in, in, to be even when I was watching it, I know Jay Chadwick Boseman gave a fantastic performance as T'Challa. I think Michael B. Jordan equally just gave it just even a riveting performance right alongside uh, Chadwick Boseman in terms of okay. their and that that conflict between him. I never seen Michael jo- Michael B. Jordan. Step his acting game the way that he did in that film, and how you can relate to his pain and his reasoning of the things that he did to get to what he want. So we all remember exactly in the picture of him dying, and then remember that great monologue line that he wrote to saying that he wanted a, um, I'm not going to be put in a cage. I want my body to be thrown into the sea where I'm buried with my ancestors. Such a beautiful, beautiful monologue. Such a powerful one. Again, if Submariner is the bad guy, you could throw his body into the sea. Say with, we don't know what, just as uh, Wakanda is just as powerful, uh, you know. They got their they they got uh, this technological power through the antimanium that came through that comet that enriched the soil with antimanium and has raised it to be 
the the kingdom, the most scientific kingdom. Um, the vibranium, on, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, the vibranium. Thank you. The vibranium that um, you know has raised to even rate the plants that helps bring the power of Black Panther. What's to say that that same fragment of comet didn't hit into the ocean where Submariner is lying, and they have that same they have that same rock that maybe they are also experimenting. They've been under the surface for very long, and they haven't done anything waiting for their chance to strike against the surface world. And they've been building technology, and they have just as much as powerful technology to match Wakanda. Maybe they've done, maybe they've done some nefarious things of maybe even bringing people back to life. And this is maybe where you bring in Michael B. Jordan's character, and where they bring that character back to life, and they maybe try to use him as some soldier, where maybe at the moment of him fighting, he's. Well, maybe they sent him as one of uh, Namor's soldiers, but when he returns back onto the surface, maybe he has this juxtaposition of what's happening and why am I here. So maybe it could start to be almost like a redemption story for Killmonger to the point where now he has the opportunity to be with Wakanda and maybe in respect as a warrior to T'Challa to honor his name. I think I came so I came into Wakanda doing it the wrong way and my pain and my suffering. But maybe through better means and better ways, maybe through the guidance of Shari and 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 from the, the Lajamanje and all these other characters, maybe they can help band to him to show him the right path of being what it what it means to really be a king to really hold the black panther name and not just hold it just for revenge so maybe you could have that story arc of bringing a dead character back and it's superhero films like you know not everything is written and this is the mcu so not really placed onto that so there is an opportunity if michael b jordan and also if and again michael b jordan and ryan Coogler have been best friends and michael b jordan has been best friends with chadwick Boseman, maybe that could be their honor way of him held on that, that character. Now, I'm not saying that Michael B. Jordan would want to do that because I think he has so much respect for his best friend of Chadwick Boseman passing. Mm-hmm. But that could be one of those ways where Michael B. Jordan could be honored in that way. And I think people would respect that storyline. I've had now you have a character that's both tied to Wakanda and to the sea if Namor is the bad guy. Yeah, and not even just that. I, I think you could even go about a way that Killmonger now takes up the mantle of Black Panther, but doesn't have to become king of Wakanda. Like I said, we could leave that the soldier because yes, again, because leave that for Shuri, and he just becomes you know, and you know, I'll take up the mantle of the Black Panther, and you know, much like you had the redemption story of the Winter Soldier, you could almost do something along that lines with the the Black Panther as well. That you know, I've seen the errors of my way. And now I'm going to try and make it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the uh, T'Challa showed me, you know, my errors and showed me, you know, what it is to be humble, yes. and you know, to to um, show me the better way of life than this whole revenge and the killing and everything that consumed me before. Uh, so much speculation, so much possibilities. Again, I, I I leave it in their good hands because I can't. Besides Michael, like Michael B. Jordan, I really can't see them organically bringing someone else in to fill that role. No. And to do Chadwick Boseman respect and to you know the the film franchise respect, um, by just you know casting someone else. 
if they do great you know I, i'm sure they'll try and, and do it the best way possible um but at this time from my perspective i can't see it just organically happening that easily uh, and I, I really do not envy the position that they they have uh unfortunately found themselves in um uh, yeah. But they are saying this movie is going forward. It is being pushed back while they work out the details because obviously the script was written. Things were going to start shooting next year. Now they have to push it back a little further than they, you know, than they initially had planned. Um, but it's it is at this time still going forward. I agree. Yeah. And at the same time, I wouldn't blame them if they said, you know what, we're just leaving the franchise where it stands and. Uh, we we do not feel like we can press it forward. And I I hate to see that, but and I and I don't think they will. I think they understand the impact. Like I said, like we mentioned before, I think the impact of Black Panther that has spread culturally is too great for them to pass off. Otherwise, financially, the billions of dollars that are going to make out of the sequel. Let's let's also be yeah. realistic on that. But for the culture impact of that film. For, again, what it's meant to a lot of communities and what is open for other um, communities. Like, again, like think of Shang-Chi. Yeah. Shang-Chi is going to get an all-Asian cast of production, not just cast, but production, film creators, writers back in that. And that was in help of Black Panther kind of send that forward in the MCU. So that, that that's, that's really big in terms of what a movie like that is pushing to the forefront and and what it needs to continue to show in Hollywood right now that is right now in a pivotal shift a change into include more exclude not to be um to be more inclusive of more races and genders and, and sexuality that is happening so I don't think they would push that back no and like I said I, I can't see them doing that either but I, I just you know, putting out there that there's always that small possibility that it's something that they can do, but you're you're right because you know on top of Black Panther being um, primarily black cast, black production crew, etc. Captain Marvel, you know, a female director, female production crew, um, Shang Chi, Asian, um, do you sound that Captain Marvel too? Again, it's going to be a, a female director um, led with a female led uh, main character. So you, you um, and then you have the gender issues that are going to be uh, the gender stuff that's going on in internals uh, with the LGBTQ character that um, is going to be featured in that. So they are pushing these again boundaries and in inclusion and. Um, trying to do it justice by by letting letting it be done right you know not just having someone say okay well we're, we're focusing on a black movie which are, is going to be created by white people because why would that make sense uh or an asian movie again created by white people for an asian culture let's you know have people that know that culture work on that movie and that storyline and and help you know present it properly yeah i agree i agree now uh another character that i, I want to another actor i want to bring in if they if they were to like you said and i know you mentioned it it's 
I don't think anybody would be able to replace Mr. Chadwick Boseman's shoes. But that being said, there is a a particular actor that I've always enjoyed watching. Um, And unfortunately, when, when, when I was thinking about him for the longest period of time, let's just say a rival uh, company has already picked him up to play a certain character for a certain movie. Uh, let's just say is uh, uh, rhymes with a person named by uh, Gain Monson <laughs> in, in a particular film. Um, and it will be playing a character called and knock uh, rhymes with knock hand um, in that film too. So that being said, um, I, I I don't think you I don't know if you've ever heard of this actor's name. He goes by the name of Mr. Atlas Hodges. Um, I, I don't know if you ever seen the tell. Have you ever seen the television show Leverage on TNT by any chance? I've never seen a part of it. I haven't seen it. Okay. He if if you've not have seen him, he's also. Been, um, he was also in the um, current movie called The Invisible Man, where I think he played as one of the uh, played one of the actors in the in the recent Vi- Invisible Man film that came out, and I think he was also in uh, 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 Straight Out of Compton too as well. But but if you if you have an opportunity to look at Atlas Hodges' um, performances in those films and what he did in Leverage. Honestly, I would say if, if there was an actor that I felt that had, I understand that the, the, the mountain would be tough to climb at this point. But if, 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 if I were to trust Kevin Feige, I would have looked at to him to maybe just re- to, to, to replace his character. Because I think this man, honestly, I think this man has great range in his acting skills in terms of comedy, in terms of drama. Um, I think, and I think he has also a pretty good look and a, a pretty decent f- a physique that I think could easily have stepped in for Chadwick Boswin if they wanted to keep things as normal and just continue the the character moving forward, but still find a way to pay homage to Chadwick Boswin's character moving forward. Um, that would have been my that would have been my uh, my my pick to go in to get Atlas Hodges to play uh, T'Challa moving forward if for Black Panther movie. That way you could have kept the script. You wouldn't have to change much of anything. It'd be no. a brand and stuff like that, though. But, again, that would again that would be a really hard pass. I mean, and, and a lot of these actors, are re- a lot of these choices are very hard, hard are, are really difficult. I don't know how they're going to work those in, but I thought Atlas Hodges... And the reason why I bring his actors up because he kind of also has almost the same uh, career trajectory that Chadwick Boseman had. Mm-hmm. I think that would have, if if Kevin Feige were to look into him, I think it would be, uh, in my opinion, a really solid pick to replace him. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not familiar with his work, but uh, you know I'll, I'll take your your expert viewpoint. On it, saying that you know that you think um, that he could fit into that role. Someone else I was thinking, but I don't think he would fit in it. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, if 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 you have an opportunity to watch Straight Outta Compton or The Invisible Man or even to go back or, or even watch Brian Banks, which was another interesting film that was great, and or even the television show Leverage, I I implore I, I you to look at Ashes Hodges' character because he's a fun, very interesting, great character. I thought had the potential to to replace him, but I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. You said you had an actor that you thought may or may not play that could um, um, replace. Again, it's another long shot. Um, would be uh, Noel Clark. It's another English gentleman. Um, primarily, a lot of people would probably know him from Doctor Who, uh, who played Mickey, but uh, Mickey Smith. But he also did... Um, He's done a few other things. He was in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, a couple a couple of other things that we may know over here. Uh, Mute. Paddington Bear, too. Why not? Adventures of Paddington Bear. I apologize. Uh, Urban Myths. Brotherhood. Uh, throwaways. So, uh, I Am Soldier. He, he's been in a few things. But... Um, uh, so somehow I could see, even though he played more of a goofy character in Doctor Who, I could see him taking on a more serious role because you he, look at like a character of like um, a number of comedians who mm-hmm. everyone you know you know them for the goofy parts, but they sometimes transition better to the serious role than serious actors do. Mm-hmm. Like Will Smith, uh, you know Robin Williams. Um, Billy Crystal, some of the, you know, the, you know them as comedic actors. Tom Hanks started as a comedic actor. Uh-huh. And, you know, you put them into those, give them that serious role. And, like I said, they transition to those sometimes better than get people that just do normally serious type of roles. Yeah. So, and, and age-wise, I think he works out to be about the, in that right um, range yeah. as well. Right now he's uh, forty-four years of age. Okay. Which again, it's 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 not a bad age. I, I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's bad. Um. I, um. I, again, granted, I, I I know that the I mean I mean we're gonna have um uh, uh we're gonna have uh who's the actor who was in uh, Moonlight and. Uh, uh, we're gonna have Mufa- uh Wow, I, he's a little here. Oh, he was in Green Book. He was in Green Book. Uh, he's a Green Book in Moonlight. Uh, it's kind of he's playing Blade. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, he's like fifty. He's fifty-one. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Thank you, Mahershala Ali. Thank you, thank you. Wow, that day was in the tip of my tongue and I couldn't get that name out, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, he, he's going to be 50, 51. Um, my only concern about it was with that, too, is, you know, once they start to film, he'll probably be 56, 55, depending when they start to actually film that that Blade film. But to, to, to move back forward... Uh, now I'm actually I'm, I'm looking at some images and pictures. 
Uh, Noel Clark has buffed up, man. He has gone in in shape. Yeah, he, he he's in the 44-year, yeah, he, he's a dude who's gotten in, in great shape for 44 years old. You know, for a long period of time, he was a little bit of a... a scrawnier guy. A scrawnier, a pudgier dude. And he's now, only a year older than Chadwick. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He's only a year older than Chadwick, and I'm looking at him right now. This, this man is in incredible shape. The man has a body on him right now. Yeah. Um, no, no, no longer, no longer the the, the cheeky little kid from the from the Doctor Who series. Uh, but but to his to his fairness too, he's also a respected director in his own right. The respected director, all, all right, as you mentioned before, he did a lot of the uh, the key uh, a lot of the key uh, kidhood uh, trilogy, which went from kidhood, adulthood, and brotherhood, brotherhood, which is mm-hmm. this or drama series in London. Um, so, no, I, I think I, I could totally... That is a very interesting... That, that could be a very interesting pick. Um, I probably wouldn't really go to him, only because I, I I really don't see him as T'Challa, though. I think... I, he no, he, he, play, he looks more like he could play more of a, a villain role in, in his films. Though, but... I, I I mean I, I do I do appreciate you thinking out of, out of the box because I I could see he just has that look of a of a potential villain in in Marvel than a hero but that again that's just me that just yeah. in the situation no it's just like like I said kind of just thinking like okay who else around that age range that kind of just might work it, it it's just it's just especially on you know thankfully not we're not in that situation of having to make that decision and yeah. we're having trouble with it i can't imagine what it's like to be in that position and actually having to make that decision um but uh, uh um it is it is it is devastating but um I I trust them. I trust Marvel. They they've always handled these situations well. Uh, not that they've had to replace characters, but their casting is usually spot on. Um, and when they, they had to recast War Machine, mm-hmm. and they brought in Don uh, Don Cheadle for it, yeah. I I thought that you know I like Terrence Howard as it. I think Don just actually fits it even better. Yep. Um, Again, we watching a little bit of Age of Ultron the other day, and just you know, just you know, I can't picture Terrence saying those lines like Don does. No, I, I you know, agree. Yeah, you, you're right. Like Marvel isn't against replacing characters, so like you, you, you have that has to be, you know, you one will feel like again Marvel may feel like there's way too much respect for this but it hasn't been out of the table um for them to do that you know? yeah so i so yeah i like i said i don't know whatever the decision they're gonna make i think you know kevin feige hasn't really done me wrong when it comes to choosing an actor being in charge of overlooking the choice of people making actor choices and and finding the right people to find the right actors for these films, as well as directors and producers. 
to help these projects move forward along. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Black Panther at the sequel. Yeah. So, um, but I, I do want to talk about the original Black Panther for uh, a, a quick moment, if that's all right with you. Of course. Um, so, I found out it actually was the first uh, licensed movie that Marvel reacquired the rights from. Uh, they got it back from Artist Entertainment Columbia Pictures, which previously had the movie rights whenever Wesley Snipes was trying to get this thing to go through. Back in 1986. Yeah. yeah, back in 2005. Um, and that uh, it's the second Marvel movie for Michael B. Jordan. Speaking of Michael B. Jordan, um, he was Johnny Storm in 2015's Fantastic Four movie. Um, and they actually allowed him to keep his Black Panther costume. Wow. So he already has the gear. <laughs> he just, you know, need to rewrite the script. But uh, you were saying the reason, you know, he, you know, just his performance in this movie. Part of that was that even during uh, when they weren't filming, he isolated himself from the rest of the cast, so that way, you know, there, you know, he didn't build up a relationship, kind of keeping himself different uh, distance from the the rest of the cast, so it translates better into the film. So kind of that method acting. Yeah. Wow, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Color actually played a big part in this movie. That uh, he used a lot of color theming to coordinate in, um, like, uh, Nakia is always in green. One, because she's part of the water tribe. But Mm. two, also, so you can identify her character. Um, characters of royalty usually had purple and gold and black um, a- as part of their costuming. Um, Okia wore red, but a brighter red or deeper red and gold to show her higher ranking in the Royal Guard, where um, the other ones were a slightly it's a different shade of red and they wore silver. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff to deal with England or outside of Wakanda was in blues. Uh, like this scene where that's supposed to be taking place at the the Korean um, when they had um, uh, Claw uh, trapped and they were interrogating him. Yeah. The um, outside of the um, areas, a lot of people were wearing blue clothing. Um, the van, I think, had blue on it. The van that Killmonger and his group was in, they were also primarily in blue the even the graffiti that the bomb is attached to is blue and that was actually a conscious decision it wasn't just randomly oh this happens to be blue no they they consciously made that graffiti uh spot blue where they uh, blew up the the side of the building um even the in england the the museum uses a lot of blue tones people are dressed in blues and um they were even contemplating use a blue filter so a lot of like I said, outside Wakanda stuff is using blues. Um, and also, they use the theme of everything is hiding in plain sight. So, mm-hmm. like Wakanda itself, it's it's right there. You can't see physically see it because of the uh, the hologram, but it, it is. It's right there. The whole wow. you know country is right there, and they can see out, even though we can't see in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going into the. 
symbolism of they can see what's going on around uh, you know them and they're hiding from it all the changes and all the stuff that they don't like in the world yeah but we can't see what they're doing and the advancements that they have made um you know the again the police uh the fbi interrogation is taking place in a travel agency it's a rundown building and but the front of it looks like a travel agency so again it's, again hiding in the plain sight um so a lot of that type of theming is mm-hmm. used throughout the movie Cool. And uh, something else I thought was going to be interesting. The casino fight scene mm-hmm. was supposed to be one long take. But they um, made the decision. It was an earlier part that they filmed, too, to to break up and put the edits in for impact. Yeah. And make stuff, you know, uh, for it to actually seem a little more of a stronger battle. Yeah. Than having uh, the straight flow through. Though they did keep a lot of long shots in it. So what was was it supposed to be like a one shot? Um, yeah, one. Well, it was supposed difficult to film, and and, and how that 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 set was was constructed. Yeah, it, like I said, the initial idea or the initial uh, vision that um, Googler had was that it was you would just kind of follow through the battle. Um, so, so one shot. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That that that, that that's very interesting. Uh, would I, I? I would like to interject some facts. That I'm actually kind of reading right now. Go ahead. Um, now everybody knows uh, the the Laji, um, the special, uh, the door the the door of Malaje, which is Black Panther's uh, special, basically the secret service of and powerful black women. Everybody knows them as their shaped bald heads and their prowess of military, ta- um, their their expertise in military tactics. Um, basically, for this film too. Now, you know, here's the thing about again issues in Hollywood is there isn't a ton of black stunt performers in Hollywood. It's actually very uh, very scarce to be a black stunt performer because of mm-hmm. the because again. It's it's not that there isn't a lot of out there. It just seems that there's not a lot of because again there's not a lot of a lot of African American roles, especially women roles, out yeah. there to be able to hire of these these stunt women to be able to do to to do them. So so Marvel had to not only go out and try to find all the stunt stunt women that they can, um, they also reached out to even find dancers. Um, gymnasts and Broadway, mostly uh, Broadway dancers, and a couple of actresses that could come in to fill in that role to to, to create the Dora Milaje uh, set. So, you know, it really just kind of shows you the rarity of of, of finding people that were even qualified. Or they felt close to like, okay, if you have some kind of athletic background, maybe we can warp you into a stunt woman just for this film. And yeah. I just showed you the, 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 the rarity that they had to be able to pull something about that off. I think that I I, I thought I think that's very interesting when you want to come to to representation. Um, also to add into this, to also add to the stunt work. Um, I, I, I don't think it has been known that, you know, 
Uh, Chadwick Boseman is an, an incredible athlete um, outside, not, not, not only the people that he's played, but he, he is legitimately a real athlete. Um, um, you know, he, he basically really, really trained his ass off in extensive martial arts. Um, from Wing Chun to to Kupuera for these fight scenes, to make these fight scenes flow. Um, I think there was a video that was released a couple of weeks ago I was watching where he's working on his Wing Chun technique with his hand movements. And you just kind of just see the the undying work ethic that Chadwick Boseman brought to the physicality of Black Panther and T'Challa, which is just breathtaking. And it, and it shows, and it does show in that film. Oh, indeed. I don't think most people realize that a lot of the fight scenes is basically a dance. I mean, it's a choreographed dance that the actors have to do. So for someone to go from dancing to a fight scene is not that complicated. Uh, but um, as you were saying, ha- trying to find women to d- fill that role, uh, Lupita uh, Nyong'o and um, Diana, Di- I, oh, I butcher her name, I'm sorry. Uh, Guerrera were actually um, in that casino scene doing their own stunt work. Yeah, and it makes sense for Dana Guerrero's character because she's she, she's kind of transfer. Uh, she's she also she's everybody knows her from Michonne for The Walking Dead. So yeah, her you know be able to transfer from that from working a samurai sword to a spear probably was a better. Maybe a smoother trans uh, transition than uh, than say Lupi and Nyong'o who had to kind of work with these uh, circular daggers. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, yes, they and they were all required to shave their heads. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a shaved head, by the way. Hmm? Which he looks fantastic with a shaved head. Oh. Right? But- they look great. I wish I would look that good with a shaved head. Yeah. Look kind of all funky and weird looking. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, going back to Killmonger, the scars on his body were actually, it's a form of body modification called scarification, which is a dying tradition um, in some African tribes to show some sort of identity or social status. Um, or to mark milestones in Killmonger's case to represent his um, okay. his kills, yeah, how many you know um, his military work. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting form of scarring on the body. Um, on like like I said, it's to to, to for tribe recognition, uh, tribe recognition and stuff like that, and affiliation as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's impressive. Um, and apparently he saw it for like what three or four hours of them trying to create the scars on his body. I know he sat in that chair for a very long period of time because they had yeah. to put every scar on his body for three to four hours. Not before he starts to do any work. Exactly, exactly, and that and that's daily too. And so you got to think about that daily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, three hours of makeup, and then three hours to remove it afterwards. 
which which would just be like wow three hours of just sitting in the same spot <laughs> for yeah. someone to just keep on putting each one because i'm sure there's each individual one was put on yeah oh yeah. no thank you <laughs> jesus um some of the fighting scenes were actually uh influenced through creed and the kingsman films okay again you know ryan you know ryan cougar has has played such a great influence into this so i, I wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised I w- uh, and again you know with michael b jordan also with his you know working with kruger and creed you would have to assume that some of his boxing martial arts and boxing had also translated to that along with chadwick boseman working with his corpora and his was wong chong and his wushu fighting style and stuff like that yeah the fighting scenes were, were quite impressive Yes. Um, This was actually the first Marvel movie to um, open, to recoup its production cost on opening weekend. Uh, The movie cost a reported $200 million to make, and its opening weekend, so Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, domestic box office was $202 million. Honestly, it it was a big event, man. It was a big event for a lot of people that wanted to go see this film. It was such a big event, and it was such there was such pride when, when you know when you know when to see you know that uh, you know the African you know African American community, both brothers and sisters, be able to come out and to be able to wear the, the dashikis and African garments to go kind of go in celebration of a film like this. You know, it's a it's a big deal, man. It's, it's a big wonderful deal. You know, it's oh yeah. You know, much as it's just for the world. So yeah, the, to be able to recoup his money on on opening day. I think I went to go see Black Panther Saturday, Saturday night, and it was a great film. This was the, and it. Now I've only watched it once since then. I've only watched it in movie theaters, but you know, it was a fantastic film. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, I've watched it several times. Yeah. Um. And it, it it still holds up well, and I, I think I actually enjoy it more that the more I watch it. Um, and to its credit, not you know, to expand past that, it is the highest grossing non Avenger film, and it still actually holds the rank of twelfth highest grossing film of all time as of this recording. Oh wow! So as far as MCU movies, the only ones above it. Age of Ultron somehow is just above it, uh, followed by the Avengers, and then Infinity War, and of course, um, the Big Daddy Endgame. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. Marvel, that you feel Marvel at this point has basically dominated the, the top ten box office, and uh, rightfully so, man. These movies were they turned out money. They, they turned oh, out, yeah. which yeah. Uh, yeah, which is so so important for them to to, to balance their 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 balance of trying to even get those movies back to uh, uh, theaters and stuff like that. So. Also, another first for it. It was the first live action film to be shown in Saudi Arabia in over thirty five years. Wow, that is not know. Yeah, that's big. That's very big. So it's you know. As much as it means for us in the United States, it even 
it goes beyond the United States borders and, you know, it breaking ground in other countries, um, you know, for its representation and just, you know, cinematic milestones. It's um, just, it was an incredible, incredibly, incredible statement movie. Um, mm-hmm. in, in what it, it, you know, the cast knew, I think, had uh, they must have had a feeling of what they were doing that the jobs at at hand that they weren't just creating another movie that this movie was there was something more to it than just another movie yeah i mean come on angela bassett was doing high intensity workouts to get herself into uh shape to do this movie yeah she looks fantastic for her age she did she did mountain climbing jump squats lunges push-ups high knees in intervals of 30 seconds on and 30 seconds off for an hour at a time it's 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 really incredible it's 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 incredible no matter what and uh something and one other thing i just want to throw out there um the scene and that you open up the movie too in front of the uh, the apartments that were supposed to be in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's in Georgia. It's in Atlanta. And it's right across the church where Martin Luther King is buried. Oh, wow. Um, they digitally changed up the building so it did not, you didn't recognize it as much. So you didn't lose the perspective that you're supposed to be in Oakland. Um, but his daughter visited production set and sh- made and shook everyone's hand and gave her blessing for the project. Okay. Uh, um, so that is um, just again to show you the impact that this movie had that you had someone like Martin Luther King's daughter to come out to the production set and you know recognize that again this movie would mean so much more to people than just another movie Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, do you have any other ones that you'd uh, want to throw out there? Uh, no. No, I think you said it all. I think we, we said it all. So yeah, it is. Um, it is a fantastic movie. We we will see what Marvel has planned for it uh, for the franchise in the future. But um, yeah, that that's that's that. Isaac, thank you again always for coming on um, and giving us your input. I always value your uh, what you have to say and your insight to everything. I, I, I thank you for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure to be on your on your podcast, Rick. You do some incredible work, and I think you've had you have an amazing cast of people that love uh, to listen to your insight. So I'm I'm, I'm grateful to be on here again. It's my pleasure, my honor. What are some of your favorite parts from Black Panther, 
Or what are your thoughts of what's going to happen with Black Panther 2? Let us know. Join the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast, or our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Marvel podcast. You can also find us on the Twitter at Disney Marvels and Instagram at Disney Marvels podcast. You can email the show with your answers or suggestions for show topics to Disney Marvels at gmail.com. You can even leave us a voice message through the Anchor app and or website, or you can even email us a voice message to the email address before. All links to everything is in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I know how little time everyone has these days and how crazy life has been. But the fact that you've taken some of that time to listen and be part of our conversation and be part of the family, part of our ohana, means a lot to me. It really means a lot. If I could just ask of one last thing. If you could go on to iTunes or and, and rate this show. We have a lot of five-star reviews right now, and it, it means so much to me. Um, the more you know, ratings that we get, the more notice that the show will get, and the bigger our, our ohana will grow. If you don't have access to iTunes, just tell people. Tell anyone that you know that's part of the, you know, into Disney, into the Marvel, Star Wars, whatever. Any of the Disney stuff. And let them know about the Disney Marvel podcast. Because the bigger our Ohana, bigger our family is, the better it is. We believed in a big Disney family, and I believe in it too. Don't forget to, describe, to subscribe to the show, so this way when you always, you always know that um, when a new show is posted... And also, where you add it, consider becoming a premium subscriber to our show. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash slash support. Or you can find our Patreon page. Links to all this is also in the show notes. Because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. Hey, whatever you're facing out there, no matter how difficult, how impossible life may seem at this time, don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Look deep within yourself. There is a light inside of you. It is your strength. It is your beauty. It is it is your essence. Embrace it. Let it shine for everyone to see. And just keep moving forward. Don't give up on today. Because tomorrow, you never know what treasures are being held for you. Be your own hero. Never give up. Never give in. I'd like to end this week's show with a quote, actually, from the Black Panther himself, from T'Challa. Wakanda will no longer watch from the shadows. We cannot, we must not. We will work to be an example of how we, as brothers and sisters on this earth, should treat each other. Now, more than ever, the illusions of divisions threaten our very existence. We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, we build bridges, while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another, as if we were one single tribe. That was from the Black Panther movie. T'Challa himself at the very end. Thank you again for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time.